following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Bean Carter. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on this Thursday broadcast on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. 19 stations strong for the one close to you. Go to the huge show.net. We'll talk some baseball this hour. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer. Also, we'll hear from Zach Short. My conversation with him, I thought, you know what? He had that big homer last night. Let's roll out Zach. So you'll hear from Mr. Short, a member of your Detroit Tigers who are playing some decent baseball right now. Zach coming up and also our Moving Ferris Forward weekly conversation with the leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan. Steve Brocklebank is the AD, and he's going to tell us about this D2 Football Alliance Committee that Dr. Pink and Steve are on to help give recommendations on making D2 football and all sports better. It's interesting conversation. We'll have that coming up at the end of the hour. If you want to join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, it's open at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. They're celebrating their newest one in the Saginaw area for our listeners on 100.9 FM, a local bank, local decision makers, and a bank you can trust and depend on. And that's big in today's world. Mercantile Bank, thank you for the partnership. Good people. They care about the customers. They care about the employees. I love a Mercantile Bank. Join us on the listener line, 1-866-838-4843. So I mentioned that I thought, you know what, our conversation with Zach Short would be pretty darn cool right now considering what he did last night in Kansas City. Let's go down to the Motor City, Comerica Park, and the Tigers playing some good baseball. They're in the AL Central hunt right now, and Zach Short has one of the better averages on the Tigers, hitting three thirteen going into tonight out of Kingston, New York, played at that mighty baseball powerhouse, Sacred Heart, along the East Coast. He joins us. Here on the huge show across Michigan. Welcome in, Zach. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, what's it like that journey uh, when you sign professionally and you begin what is that field of dreams, the MLB stop with the big parent club? What was that like for Zach Short when it all began? Uh, it was it was a lot of emotions. It was definitely surreal, um, but also at the same time, you know, it's somewhere where you always dream about being right. So I want to enjoy every moment that you're here. And it's almost like it's, it's a race to feel comfortable. And, you know, some people, it takes a lot longer. Some people, you know, feel comfortable right away. And I was kind of in the middle of that for, for a year or so. And now, you know, this is being my, you know, part of my third year. Um, I don't want to say it's getting easier, but, you know, I'm feeling more at home here. You know, the guys in the clubhouse are, you know, it's been such a great vibe. 
time you get your name called and you're you're you know you're in the big leagues, it's you never want to go back to anywhere else but the big leagues. When did you realize you could uh, be a big leaguer? At what point in the minor leagues, or maybe when you were playing college ball at Sacred Heart, or even going back to high school baseball in Kingston, New York? What was that game moment season where you said, "You know what? I think I can be a big leaguer one day." Honestly, you know, I don't know if I had a specific moment where I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm ready to do this, or I'm going to do this." It's just something that I've always had, you know training you know whether whatever I'm doing whatever I'm thinking about it's always that's the end goal and you know I've had I had some success my freshman year of college and that was kind of where I was starting to get noticed a little bit from from major league scouts because you know I was 145 pounds soaking wet going into freshman year of college and not many scouts were saying hey we need to draft this guy he can grow into his body you know Um, but I had some success my freshman year and that was when it all really started, you know, playing against better competition. We uh, we opened up my freshman year at Tulane. Um, I had a really good, really good weekend there, and it was just like, you know, these guys are they they put on their clothes just as we do, you know, put on their cleats just as we do, and they just might have, you know, a bigger frame than you do. But at the end of the day, they still have to try to get you out. And I think since that that time period, it, that's kind of what's been on my mind for sure. Zach Short from the Tigers joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. What, what's the toughest thing about making that jump from college to minor league ball and then the jump from the minor leagues to the big leagues? If you wanted to express to any baseball fan listening, uh, let's begin. What's the biggest thing jumping from high school to college and then to the bigs? High school to college, you're, you're finally playing some grown men. You know, I'll never forget my first batting practice that we had when I was shagging, playing shortstop, and these guys were hitting ground balls at me. And I was like, you know, this is a little bit harder than what Jimmy was hitting, you know. Um, and, you know, you get to freshman year of college, you're playing guys who were 21, 22 years old and who would just hit the ball. Um, they have an idea of what they're doing. And that's kind of almost every step of the way, especially, you know, when you go from uh, college to the minor leagues, you know, it, it's everybody, the game is just quicker, faster, stronger, everything about it. And then the minor leagues to the pros, it's, you don't get those, you know, college last guy out of the bullpen type of pitcher where it's, you know, everyone's throwing their best stuff at you every day and you don't really get a break the higher level you get, obviously. And that's just kind of been the biggest, the biggest adjustment for sure, I would say, moving, you know, from level to level, it's guys are, you know, they're on top of their routine, they're on top of their command if they're throwing to you. And, again, everybody has that, that same outcome when you get to the minor leagues. It's, hey, we're all trying to be, you know, at the highest level possible. And I just think everybody kind of goes about their business a little bit different, and it shows on the field where, like I said, the game, every level you go higher, it's the game is just bigger, faster, stronger. But, again, it's – it's the same game. Zach Short from the Tigers joining us. I think he's in the ballpark, probably walking through uh, the tunnel would be my guess. Brett, why don't you bring him back up for a second? Zach, by the way, uh, second base shortstop uh, for the Tigers, 5'10", 180, 27 years of age, still chasing that dream. We lost him, Brett. We lost him. We lost him. We're, we're cool. He's in the tunnel. He's underneath the stadium. It's horrible mobile reception there. It is. It's not your fault. He. It's not your fault. We lost him. That happens. 
when you have, hey, I bet, I bet that Zach was underneath the stadium in the tunnel, maybe parking, walking through, and you lose him there at the ballpark. Am I correct, Zach? No, I'm actually sitting in the dugout. The reception might not be the best in here, so I'm going to start walking on the field. See, he's going to walk on the field. He's in the dugout. He was underneath something. I told you, Superfly. <laughs> I told you, Zach Short. was. I've been there at the ballpark. You walk through that tunnel, I, I'll have better luck standing on top of a mountain in the Middle East and getting reception. <laughs> that, that is true. I will give you that. Zach Short joining us from the dugout, now making his way out to the field, just going to be wandering aimlessly while everybody's looking at him, Say, what are you doing? All right, before I let you go, uh, best major league pitcher you faced that you've seen? Ooh, <laughs> to this point, there's it's almost <laughs> a handful of them. Um, but my first kind of time where I was like, all right, this guy was nasty, was Lance McCullers of the Astros. We uh, It was in a doubleheader, and the game before, this is in 2021, um, when there were still seven-inning doubleheaders. And the first game I went on myself, you know, and wasn't really supposed to play the second game. And A.J. plugged me in there for the, for the second game of the doubleheader. And I went 0-3 against Lance McCullers and Ryan Presley with three strikeouts. So it kind of got humbled really quickly. And that was definitely the first time where I was like, okay, these guys are a little bit different. Uh, on your team, you know, obviously Miguel Cabrera, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, when you look at whether it's Miguel or younger guys like Torque or Green, uh, we look at this team, Javi Baez, defensively, you, you know, being an infielder, um, who on the team do you take the most from when you're preparing, whether it's, you know, right now getting set for the Mariners tonight or this weekend, you're taking BP infield, watching video. Who from this current Tigers roster does Zach Short uh, get the most from? From, from everybody. I mean, it is like, you know, you have guys who just came over from the Phillies, like Maton and Beerling. They played in the World Series. You know, you have Javi, obviously. Javi and Miggy, you know, Greeny and Torque have had some huge at-bats. Um, and, and truly, like, every, not many guys in the locker room have been around all that long. You know, like, we're not one of those veteran-led teams, where, but there's a handful of them. And I think a majority, you know, of us as well, not, and me included, we just get everything from around our team in the locker room and the dugout. Like, there's always conversation going on, whether it's somebody who is who has 20 years, you know. Um, but again, I wouldn't say it's one person. I would, I would truly say that it's a majority of everybody. It's, it's a piece of what one person bit from each guy and you know, at the end of the day you have a full scattering report without even looking at something. Zach Short uh, he's number 59 for your Detroit Tigers infielder joining us. Uh, well done even with the uh, mobile interference which happens it's not your fault not our fault it's just <laughs> part of uh, live radio I appreciate the time good luck this weekend with the Tigers they're playing some great baseball and I hope to meet you in person or talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, back at you, Zach Short from the Tigers joining us. What's kind of funny about that interview, Superfly, that we can't control when we're doing live radio, that happens. But it's like filling in the words when he would lose. I felt like I'm playing a game show. Almost like a, not Pictionary, but like Scrabble Live, where he, 
I ask him, like, who did you get the most from watching? And all of them. I'll go Miguel Cabrera for a hundred, please. It's time to play the Zach Short mobile phone game. <laughs> You know, what would be pretty cool, and it sounds like I'm using a delay, but that could be when people call the show on the Mercantile Bank listener line. And then you hear a blankety blank blank. Describe huge. Uh, I'll take an A. You got an H. I'll go F. Hmm. I'll go M. Superfly, you're taking it personal. There's nothing you can do. I, have, have you been to Comerica and try and get on a mobile phone or Ford Field? I swear to God, drop me off with a goat in Pakistan on a mountain, and I'm talking to my mom clearer than I am from Ford Field or Comerica. I am. Oh, my. I, I think it's just a combination of people, and you get the buildings blocking what really is a 5G, but now, did I just see a 10G commercial now? Oh, my God. He's probably on point zero five G. Good job, Supervisor Zach Short. We'll go into the huge Hall of Fame interview audio collection. You can find online by searching "huge audio Hall of Fame collection." From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. In the ten. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. The Tigers offense still has a lot of room for improvement, but the signs of better plate discipline and better understanding of the strike zone are there for sure. In March and April, the Tigers Tigers rank 28th in strikeout percentage and 22nd in walk percentage. In the month of May, they are in the top five in strikeout percentage and 16th in walk percentage. The problem lately has been their ability or inability to come through with runners in scoring position. Their offense is among the worst in baseball in that category, and Detroit has left the fourth most men on base in the American League. It's positive that they're creating traffic on the base paths, but the next step is to finish the deal so they can crawl out of the league basement and run scored. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 Street Glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition Fat Boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives. And they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration. That includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages 
Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Right now, I want to welcome in John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, played with Jeter, played with Bonds, taught them everything they know. Fabulous golfer, probably a shot at the Champions Tour in his early 60s as he's working with renowned instructor John Fortin, the former Yellow Jacket at Greenville. John's laundry list of turning games around uh, reaches far beyond West Michigan, across America, and also globally. So, John, we're not going to talk golf, but we are going to talk uh, Tigers baseball. You know, they'll go through stretches where you're like, here they go, they're going to be in contention, and then they'll lose a couple in a row in Washington. Started off strong in the Kansas City series. I like what I'm seeing. Baez is hitting. Uh, Torque has pushed his average above, you know, 230. Uh, Pitching has been decent. They're fighting to be a 500 ball club, and I really feel, John, as we've talked numerous times here since March, if they could find their way into the 70s for a win total at the end of the year, I think that's a pretty good season. It would, it would be an incredible season if they could just get to 70. The things I, I like are they're hitting. I think they're hitting. I said it earlier in April that their hitting would come around. It has. we got some good young hitters. Uh, Torque stepped up after we uh, gave him a two-week ultimatum. And I'll tell you what, I tip my hat to him because those two weeks were the best two weeks I've ever seen him play. Not that he's listening to us, but he got in a rhythm and he maintained it. That was the that was the biggest thing for me is he maintained it for more than two or three days. And he's still throwing good at-bats out there. He's making hard contact. He's making two-out contact, getting RBIs. He's doing He's doing what he needs to do to stay in the big leagues. Baez is Baez. He's gonna. He's he's a great player. He's he's finding his stroke. I am just impressed with some of these young kids, the McKinstries, the Verlings, uh, even uh, the Maton. Uh, his average is down a little bit, but I see him coming out. They just got to give him the at bats like they gave Torkelson last year, the five hundred at bats. Uh, there's a lot of promise here right now. Uh, I still am not high on the pitching, though. I think the pitching is a downfall, and, and I'm still projecting 65, but I would love to see them get you know, 71, 72, 73 wins. As I look up and down the box score, probably every couple of days, just to check it on the averages, look at how A.J. Hinch is adjusting the lineup. You mentioned McKinstry, even Zach Short. They seem to have a, a good major league roster right now. And a mix, you don't see a lot of scope outside of situational late-inning replacements or if there's a pitching matchup uh, where it fits his bat. Uh, They're just playing energetic baseball. Uh, I like what Harris has done, and I agree with you. I mean, you're looking at the pitching, sustainability. You know, we're not to that first checkpoint that we talked about, which would be Memorial Day, and then it's Fourth of July, and then it's Labor Day, and where a team is at. You know, when you when you look at this team right now, if we had to fast forward to the end of the year, so let's say they get to your 65, 70, little over 70 wins. Based on what you've seen so far from the Tigers, John, arms and bats, 
who are guys you really like next year as a core, where now Harris will say, I have these guys, I have to hit free agency to upgrade here, there. Uh, how many, I guess, regular guys do you see in the lineup that you're seeing right now? On the everyday, on the everyday side, there's a lot of them, a lot of young kids. We just went through the majority of them, but they have a lot of young kids that are going to play. I don't believe Baez is going to be around. However, on the pitching side, I don't see anybody. I, it, to me, is going to be a total rebuild on the pitching side. You're not going to see Rodriguez here, in my opinion. I think he's gone in, in mid to late July. I think they're going to get a, get a nice little package for him. Baez, I think they're going to get some players, although he's not going to be as valuable as what Rodriguez is to a contending team that's in first or second place and needs that starter. Can, and that is based upon um, Rodriguez continuing to pitch the way he does. So the pitching, I don't see a lot right now. You know, will Scooble come back? You know, I don't know. Will Mize come back? I don't know. Scooble was the real deal if he didn't have arm problems. Other than that, I don't like what they have. Other, You know, what's his name? The uh, Lorenzen. He's been a surprise. I've liked his fastball. I don't like his changeup. I think a lot of some of the success with some of these pitchers were, you know, we talked about it before how bad the National League really looked in that early in the early months here, the early month and a half. The National League was terrible. I mean, the teams that the that the Tigers have played have been on the down on the downswing right now. Cleveland was terrible. Um, most the majority of the National League teams were terrible. So they they were fortunate enough that they had uh, were were playing some teams that were not playing well, and some of these pitchers did do well, but. And the long haul here, I think, is going to be a tremendous struggle. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, calls West Michigan home. One of our Tigers MLB insiders joining us here on the HUGE show across Michigan. You have a Tigers comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Also at HUGE show on Twitter, the HUGE show on Facebook. So, John, I'm looking at Fiedo, Lorenzen. Uh, Boyd is a, a journeyman veteran who's filling a hole, right? And I'm trying to think, and I agree with you, if you're looking to a year from now, there's no one in the minor leagues ready to be the next phenom. You know, Job's battled through injuries. Fiedo just doesn't look like a, a, a you know one of the five arms you're going to have. So you're Scott Harris. What is it next year? Is it? finding more Eduardo Rodriguez's because the reason why they're not going to keep him, at least on the outside looking in, Baez and Rodriguez have those options and you don't want to lose them and not get anything in return. Correct? Correct. And from I've heard other people say that um, Rodriguez isn't happy in Detroit. You know, I don't know if Baez is or not. The Baez thing could be a little more complex where will he have an offer? If he continues to produce, someone's going to want his bet and his glove at second base in the lineup. You know, the pitching, though, is just you, know, you got to keep throwing out when you got to keep throwing once out there. Uh, I believe Manning's coming back. But in, and I've said it before, Manning to me is a three, four starter right now. Can he become better? Maybe. Um, Wentz, a 3-4 starter, can he become better? Maybe. So you have to keep throwing these guys out. Fiedo, I mean, when I was in the organization, you know, he was the number one pick and he was throwing 90 mile an hour. So I don't know, you know, where in the world 
this kid got drafted in the first round, I'll be honest with you. Um, we all were jaw-dropped when we were in spring training in the minor leagues that this guy got as much as he did because the stuff wasn't there. It was flat. Um, he's a bigger kid, but there just wasn't a lot of velocity. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I, I that doesn't look like that's a 4-5 or five guy, up-down, triple-A guy. Um, you hope that Scooble will come back. Turnbull came back and was garbage. So, and he's 30, 31 years old. Had a lot of promise when he was 24, but there's a lot of other things involved with him within the organization that's not the organization's fault, um, that it took him so long to get to the big leagues. And now with the arm surgery, he hasn't come back. I mean, it, it's, was, it was horrendous. So they've, let's see where they're at. If, if there's a lot of promise with the hitting and you've got to go out, and, you're going to have to go out and get two, three pitchers if you want to compete next year, bottom line. Uh, that's my thinking, that at least three veterans – and and you're going to need, if you want to be a true contender, one, if not two, top-shelf free agents, which means you're going to pay another journeyman veteran or two at three and four and hope that a Manning or one of these arms or a Lorenzen or even Fajardo, and I agree with you, he just doesn't have the power to get it by anybody, that one of those young arms are your fifth starter. You know, you can't always have a Braves rotation or – uh, the Yankees, but and I like what Harris has done. Some of the pickups, you know, Veerling just he looks like an everyday major leaguer. You know, Torque being patient with him uh, has worked. I I, just, I I like what I'm seeing, but you're going to need pitching to contend now. They are blessed to even be in the conversation when people look at standings. That the AL Central, Cleveland isn't the Cleveland from last year. Minnesota, do they have enough pitching? Uh, to keep it going all year long. So the Central could be one of those divisions where it might be the first to 500 wins it. Could be. So they're fortunate enough to be in in that division. It's just very promising for I mean, me as a Tiger fan. And it's very promising because I watch a lot of Tiger games and I want them to win, and, it, and you always feel better that when they, when they do win. It is promising to see that they are winning, they are competing, the – the bats have been very good. The, the The people that they've got running their big league program have been outstanding. So I, I tip my hat to them. Um, these kids are playing and they're and they're and they're using the whole field. And I and as a former player, I love to see that because it's been horrendous. I've talked with a few of my friends and um, some older guys, and uh, it would just was very very troubling to see the way that the hitting was going. Uh, I we did predict that it was going to go this way that they were going to start using the whole field because they got rid of the, I think a lot most people are getting rid of this tech stuff uh, with on the hitting side so that's promising it's just that the pitching pitching is where you win and lose and right now it, it is kind of fun to say okay the Tigers have enough offense but now we've really got to start finding some arms um, the what the what they're doing there what Harris is doing there is is I think is outstanding and he's got a knack for for looking at things, and I believe he's going to find somebody. He's going to find some gem uh, with the Rodriguez and the Baez trade. He might find a couple. Yeah, I like him. I really do. Uh, some of the deals and these journeyman uh, position players he's getting, uh, he's impressed me. There, there hasn't been a lot where I've said, okay, what is this guy thinking? And I, I think our big question has been answered, at least for now, that Torque looked like he needed more minor league seasoning, and he's knocked his average up. You know, by 35 points since we said that a few weeks back. So we'll see what the Tigers do. John Vanderwalt, former major leaguer, talking Tigers MLB. 
here on the huge show across Michigan. If you have a Tigers comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE uh, to 21,000. Uh, early on, uh, as we near the end of May, first couple of months, who has surprised you right now, team-wise, in the major leagues? Well, the Pirates did for a while. I mean, they what the, the tremendous start that they got off to. They hit a they hit a slide, and now it looks like they're coming back out of it. Um, to be honest, the Tigers in the American League. I mean, the Rangers, but I expect that with Boach and, and the money that they spent. Um, I am very. I don't want to say I am a little shocked that the Tigers are where they are right now. They are playing close to 500 baseball. They are in the middle of it in the uh, AL Central. They're playing with heart again. These young kids are running around the field, and it's fun to see. So as a Tiger fan, I will be a little, little biased and say I think the Tigers are, the, are, are a big surprise in the first month and a half. Now from Tampa, who we saw in that opening game when we had our winners for the Michigan Sports Network, and I was down there for game one. Uh, they've been on fire. Yankees have had a strong May. They kind of were going through the motions during the month of April, so I'm trying to look at the American League, and I like what the Yankees have done. Now they're kind of playing uh, for the value of their paychecks in the month of May. Well, it's tough playing in New York. It's it's awesome to play there, but it's also very, very tough. When you have the Tampa Bay Rays come out and put up the numbers they're putting up now, that puts a lot of stress on that on that organization and that payroll and these guys. I'm sure they've had a couple clubhouse meetings where they're like, take a look around. Do you like who's around you? Do you like your friends? Well, you better start winning because if you don't start winning, we're going to start changing things because that's what the Yankees do. So they have played well. Um, The Rays have fallen off a bit, but they're strong. That AL Central, I mean, the AL East is just something, man, isn't it? I mean, from top to bottom, it is absolute quality. That is a division the Tigers want to stay out of. I mean, how many more games do they have in that division? That's a tough division you want to totally stay out of. And because these teams in that division are playing, it seems like, every night for the playoffs. Because if you don't win, he gone. You know, I do like over the National League, uh, when you're talking about teams that stand out, Padres seem to be underachieving with so much money. You're paying these guys big cash. They got guaranteed 10 years. Where's the motivation? You know, Dodgers are lineup. I know they've fought through some injuries and lost guys like Bellinger. The motivation. You know, you play a 162-game season. You're a team that's won a lot, been deep in the playoffs, guys making big cash. You're a manager. How do you keep them motivated? That's why I don't like the big deals. I... And as a former player, yeah, they're nice to have. But for me, and the owners caused it. Because if the owners would have stayed together and gave three-year deals with an option for a fourth, they wouldn't have been in this this situation they're in. Problem is it's here and it's here to stay. And you are exactly right. you got 10 years. You know, what motivation do you have? Even, even, okay, so you take Javi Baez, for instance. What, do you get $150 million? Then he's like two for 40, two for 50. Yeah, it bothers him, but you know what? Every two weeks, that paycheck's coming in, so there's not a there's not a sense of urgency. 
Now, I have been very, very disappointed with the National League teams that I've seen. Uh, again, the Tigers were fortunate enough that they got they got to these teams. But uh, for me, I, I just I like the way the Tigers have played. I like the way you know Torque stepped up because I'll tell you, he was in my opinion, he was a couple weeks away from going down. And he did step it up. Now he's at 235, 240. Now he has a little bit of leeway where he can maintain. He can fall off for 10, 12, 15 at-bats, not drop down too much, get it back and roll. Because I'll tell you what, as a young kid, and you're facing the Mendoza line, and everyone says, oh, hey, you're doing a good job. You're hitting the ball well. That doesn't matter because this is a mind game. And hats off to him. He got his average up. Now let's just see if he can continue. Thank you, John. Always good to talk baseball with the former major leaguer who calls West Michigan home. Listen for John uh, every other week or so on the HUGE show in studio and also on remote location. On the way, another moving Ferris forward conversation, this time with the leader from Big Rapids, Michigan, who heads up the athletic department at Ferris State University, Steve Brocklebank, the AD, will join us next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another moving Ferris forward interview. And today, Ferris State Athletic Director Steve Brocklebank uh, will join us. And we're going to talk about this new football alliance committee where the D2 is looking at their playoff structure, looking at ways of maybe increasing revenue, fan interest, TV deals, and more. How you doing, Steve? Doing great. How are you doing, Huge? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, So Dr. Pink uh, and yourself are on this football alliance committee. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, Mike Racy, the commissioner of the MIAA, and our commissioner of the GLIAC, Chris Dunbar, I think both uh, had spoken earlier in the year and recognized that certainly there was a need for some improvements to the Division II playoff structure. And so um, Mike really put together a white paper and created a group to take a comprehensive over, you know, overview of the Division II playoffs and, and see if we can make some recommendations uh, to the NCAA in regards to how we can how we can change some things to improve the, improve the playoff structure and and the, and the, and the experience for student athletes. So uh, this committee uh, is 
going to provide recommendations to the NCAA. So we don't have the authority to create policy. Uh, we can only provide recommendations and take them uh, to the NCAA, which we're hoping to do. So uh, with Dr. Pink, the Ferris State University president, who's been on the job a little over a year, doing an amazing job, yourself also new to the landscape, a little over a year at Ferris as the AD. Uh, you guys are there with other D2 schools, and you're going to look at improving playoff uh, format, structure, uh, how do we get a TV deal? Uh, you're not going to get D1 Power 5 money, uh, but kind of get together and say, okay, Power 5 cuts all these deals. Let's see what's out there for the D2 schools. Right. Well, so there's seven conferences represented uh, on this particular alliance, along with the D2 Coaches Connection. And so uh, the GLIAC is one of those conferences that's represented. There's 15 Division Two conferences in the country. And each conference is represented by a university president. In the case of the GLIAC, it's, it's uh, Dr. Pink, our president here at Ferris, and an AD, which in, in the case of GLIAC is me, and then their conference commissioner, which for us is Chris Dunbar. And you know how fortunate that we are to have Dr. Pink as our president. Um, I hit the, I hit the uh, AD jackpot when it comes to presidents. Uh, this guy's a former student athlete, uh, former coach, uh, former athletic administrator, so that's that's unusual for a university president. So having him on there makes a ton of sense, and he's got a lot of valuable input and, and uh, that he provides. But yeah, we're going to look at everything. We're going to take a look really at regionalization, try to avoid situations like we had this past year, the Ferris Davenport game. You know, if you recall, we played Davenport late in the season, and then all of a sudden we get to the playoffs, and in round one we're playing Davenport again. So some of those situations just don't make don't make a ton of sense, right? We're also going to look at scheduling within Division Two and try to see if there's opportunities to create some scheduling alliances with other conferences. Scheduling is getting to be a real struggle in Division Two. Putting together 11-week schedules is a struggle. You know, we're going to look at, you know, should we open up the option to use week zero in a season? Should we push a national championship game back a week to give us more room to, uh, to schedule and then also maybe open up some opportunities to give us some better TV times? Um, so there's a lot of things that we're going to look at on, on this particular with this particular committee. I'm excited about it. We've had one meeting. Uh, we got another one in June. We'll have another one this summer. And uh, so, but yeah, I think there's some opportunities there for us to improve the current structure and, and enhance the experience for the student athlete. Steve Brocklebank is the athletic director of Ferris State University, joining us on another moving Ferris forward interview each and every week we talk to the leaders in big rapids michigan at ferris state university you can find out more about moving your future forward at ferris.edu so steve with dr pink and the two of you on this football alliance d2 committee if you were in charge right now what would be immediate changes that you think would benefit not only d2 football but maybe d2 sports well, I think one of the things we could look at is, is, is getting away from regionalization. So, in, in other words, you know, not being scared and, and uh, to take teams out of region and move them into different regions to avoid matchups that have already occurred late in their seasons. Um, and to ensure that when we get to the national championship game, that we have the two best teams playing in the national championship. I think there's a, there's a sense from a lot of us in Division Two that the national championship game is getting played somewhere in a region uh, weeks before the actual national championship game. And we, we obviously want to avoid that. And one of the things we've discussed, too, is is there an evaluation tool that we can create uh, similar to the KPI, something that would help those who are seeding teams 
um, have some type of algorithm that would help help them in their seeding process, right? So those are some of the conversations that are going on. But I certainly think if we can avoid this regionalization and not be scared to spend a little bit more money, and I know budgets are always a concern because uh, it does cost to put a team on a plane and get them into another region, but there's, I think there's opportunity to put a team on a bus and get them into another region and, and avoid some of those, those matchups and make sure we have a quality uh, national championship game that people are going to want to tune into. You know, you that's, only, that's, yeah. the only time we're, that's the only time huge. That's the only time we're on national TV. Right, and you mentioned yeah. you mentioned national budgets or, or team budgets. You know, for national championships, I know the NCAA ponies up some of that cash, but the school budgets and not every D two school has a president like Doctor Pink or an AD like yourself or Tony Anise and the rest of the sports. Brock and the ladies sports and the girls soccer going to the semis. You got Grand Valley and all the GLIAC schools are uh, doing pretty well. Uh, what what is what is the best path for some of these schools that just don't have the money uh, to be competitive? That that's an interesting dynamic that you're seeing at the D1 level with Washington State. They have to pay back TV money. Uh, they shut down expenditures. That's a D1 right. Pac-12 school. It's a real issue, and I assume that will be part of the conversation with this D2 Football Alliance committee that you and Dr. Pink are on. There's no question that's the topic. And, you know, the reality is winning is expensive. It just is, right? Your, your teams are going to play longer. There are costs associated. Yes, we do receive reimbursement from the NCAA, but it's not full reimbursement uh, for the entire travel party that you really need to travel Right, and the resources you really need to bring with you and have with you when you when you go on the road or even when you play at home. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a concern. I don't know if I have a great answer for that. I, I I know that if you're committed to winning, then you know there are some costs associated, and and uh, and and we at Ferris have no issue with that. Right, we we recognize that, we celebrate that, we think that's a that's a fantastic problem to have. Steve Brocklebank, AD at Ferris, joining us on another Moving Ferris Forward interview here on the Huge Show across Michigan. We do it each and every week. Is there the possibility that a portion of the D2 schools could get together? And I'm not saying there's going to be a, a power group at the D2 level, Steve, but the healthier schools financially, Grand Valley yourself, uh, you know, other GLIAC schools, if not the entire GLIAC, that there could be a... Could there end up being a, a division two and then a division, a subdivision for division two, or these schools move closer uh, to division? It'd be the football championship series or whatever they call it now, the old division one double A. That there could be right. a new group that forms. I don't know. You know, we have not had any of that. Those conversations have not occurred, and I certainly hope that doesn't happen. Right? I think our our goal is to grow division two. We recognize the need to add members within division two, and so. We want to make sure it's welcoming for all institutions, and and uh, so no, those conversations have not occurred. And again, I I, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. I think Division Two uh, has a, has a perfect balance, right? We offer scholarships, we have scholarship athletes, we compete at a high level. Competing, winning championships is important, but yet we allow our student athletes to have a life and balance, right? And 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 be involved in other things on campus, which I think is awesome. And it's and so it it gives you a chance to be a student athlete at a high level. But yet, be a student and and really get that experience of being a, a college student, right? So I, I love Division Two and what it represents. I, I want to see it grow. Yeah, because I know you've been a part of the MAC uh, in previous stops uh, with coaching yeah. and also administration. So I've always felt, gosh, will Ferris and Grand Valley move up to D two? I mean, they're both West Michigan, big TV market. 
uh, when that would they move up uh, from D2 to the MAC one day. So I think this football alliance committee is good for the health and the future of D2 football and to have Dr. Pink from Ferris and yourself as the Ferris AD on it. I think that's a good move in the right direction with the GLIAC commissioner. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the work that we're doing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the recommendations that will come come from this group. Ferris is moving forward with athletics and also academics. Uh, you can go to ferris.edu to find out more on how you can move your life forward. Ferris.edu. Also, you'll see the athletics button. You can click on that and follow everything. Uh, Ferris State Thanks. Athletics, also on Twitter and Facebook. Steve, good stuff. Thanks for the conversation. Enjoy the holiday weekend. You too, my man. So, All right, Steve Brocklebank. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Steve Brocklebank, AD at Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, joining us on another Moving Ferris Forward interview on the huge show across Michigan. Big. Bad. Huge.